good to see old people sing good. I just. <laughs> Amen. Make sure everybody gets one of these, if you would. If you haven't gotten one, Zach's got some. The guy's coming down the, the way here. If you need one, there he's coming down. Uh, get one of these sheets here. Uh, you'll be able to follow along a lot easier this morning, if you would. And so just raise your hand as he comes by, and he'll give you one. Also, we miss that it's uh, Luann Neat's birthday. Luann, she's uh, 72, and, oh, 62, I'm sorry. So remember her if you would, okay? Luann. Thank you, Zach, I appreciate that. On that one front of the page, you can look at this throughout the, the message, and you can see the dispensations and uh, you can see where uh, Acts 9 through Paul, the church, that's where we are today. If you look at that, sometimes a picture is uh, worth a lot of words, right? And that's where we are. And notice the arrow going up. We're looking for the rapture, uh, the calling up, uh, the going home uh, to be in heaven with the Lord. And then God goes through the tribulation and kingdom. Then the other side of the page... It shows where we are in past, time past. That's Genesis through mid-Acts. That's important to understand that. God was dealing with time past. The present is but now. Uh, that's Romans through Philemon's mainly. And then the future, after we're raptured out of here, is Hebrews through Revelation. That's the ages to come. Uh, so that's where we are. And uh, when you understand that, you begin to understand the scriptures somewhat. A question was asked that, did the Apostle Paul, did he ever see or hear Jesus Christ? And of course, the answer is yes. As a matter of fact, I believe that Paul, as Saul of Tarsus, later he became the Apostle Paul, but he had two names, Saul and Paul. Saul, his Jewish name. Paul, his Gentile name. And so as Saul of Tarsus, before he became a believer in Christ, he persecuted the Messianic church, the little flock, and he hated them. And I believe personally that he was a Pharisee. He was among the religious leaders at that time, head above others. And uh, I believe that he had seen Christ. He knew what was actually going on. If you remember, he was there at the stoning of Stephen consenting to his death, that's only one year after Christ ascended to heaven. And so I believe Paul actually knew about Christ, had seen Christ. I believe he was right there with the rest of them. Now that's my personal belief. Uh, uh, then we know that Paul was saved in Acts chapter 9, don't we? we? We know that. And Paul gives account of this. And I'm going to give you some verses, so if you want to write the references down, you can. might help you later on. But I want this to be a teaching time this morning, if you don't mind, just to remind us who we are and where we are today. Acts 26, 14, and 15. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me. And Paul's given his testimony in Acts 26 here about what happened on the Damascus road and saying in the Hebrew tongue. 
Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks, the conviction, the things that's been. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. There we see that Paul personally met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus at his conversion. Uh, I'm sure his, all of his theology just began to crumble before him when he realized this Jesus whom he had been persecuting his followers after he had helped have Christ crucified, he there we see that he's alive. And I'm sure that everything went through his brain about that time, just went boop. <laughs> and uh, it would have been amazing. Then another one, Acts 9, 17. And Ananias, who went to Paul, went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, Saul of Tarsus, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way. See, Christ appeared to him. You see that? He appeared to Paul unto thee in the way, Damascus wrote, as thou camest, hast sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. There we see that Ananias confirms that Paul, Saul of Tarsus, had seen Jesus Christ. And we know that for three days, God had put some scales on his eyes and he had to be led around by the hand until Ananias came and that's when he touched him and he was healed. But he, he confirms that Christ had appeared to him. And then Paul again says in Acts twenty two thirteen, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and what? See that just one and should hear the voice of his mouth. See him, hear him. So I think there's no question about it. The Bible says Paul heard and saw Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. Again, some other verses, Acts 26, 16 says this, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared, I, Christ, have appeared unto thee, Saul of Tarsus, for this purpose, to make thee a minister. So once again, Paul sees and hears Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 12.1 is interesting. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations, personal revelations of the Lord. And then 1 Corinthians 15.8 says... Last of all, he was seen of me. Do you see that? So Paul said, yeah, I'm the last of the main apostles. The 12 saw him, but also I saw him. And so Christ often appeared to the apostle Paul. We know according to Galatians chapter 1, verse 16 and following, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went where? Into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. You know, when Moses received the word from God, he went into the wilderness up to Mount Sinai, right? 
Likewise, Paul went into Arabia, and in northern Arabia is Mount Sinai. And it's believed that it's a possibility that he went to Arabia there for two plus years at least. And what took place? Galatians 1, 11, and 12. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which is preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation, the personal encounter with Christ of Jesus Christ there. So we see, yes, Paul heard and saw a resurrected, ascended, exalted Christ. But now that begs the question, why did Jesus leave heaven and return to earth then? Had he given the 12 their message? Why come back for this one man, Saul of Tarsus, who later became the apostle Paul? Why did he do that? That tells us that today's message is not of the 12 apostles, but of Paul, the message specifically given to him. When you interpret the Bible, you shouldn't go by Old Testament, New Testament. You should go by the prophecy program to Israel and the mystery program to the body of Christ. That's how you should look at the scriptures, and I think they're so important. Paul, it says this, Ephesians 3, verse 2, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace, you can see it on your charts, of God which has given me to you word. How that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote in a few words. Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles, Paul and some other secondary apostles and prophets, by the Spirit. Galatians, or Colossians 1.26 even the mystery which hath been hid from ages, from generations. But now, see your chart, but now is made manifest to his saints. That's so important. What is a mystery, by the way? The mystery is an unknown truth. Nobody knows about it, but now it's being revealed. Make sense? An unknown truth, nobody knew about it, but now God's revealing it through a person, and his name is Paul. Now, Paul talks about these unknown truths as a mystery because nobody knew it previously. He, you, there were several mysteries that he revealed in this new entity called the body of Christ. The first one, secret, that God had that Paul revealed, nobody knew prior, is Israel's fall, Israel's blindness, her being set aside temporarily, and in today's dispensation of grace has no favored status. That's today. Now understand, for hundreds of years, it was Israel. Everything's about Israel, their belief. That's so important. But now, Israel's not the favored nation at this time of her 
ignorance and her unbelief. There's, today, there's no difference between Jewish people and Gentile people. Amen? Now, here's the secret, why it was a mystery. The secret was God would deal with mankind during Israel's blindness and without Israel. Prior to Paul, you couldn't get to God unless you went through Israel to their God. Did you get that? You could not get to God without going through Israel's faith. That was the only way. God favored her. It started with Abraham in Genesis 12. And the reason he picked out a nation to love him was because the Gentiles in Genesis 3 and then uh, Genesis 6 and then Genesis 10 and 11, Gentiles said, we don't want this God. We want somebody else to be our God. And so finally God says, okay, I want a people who will love me. And he created the nation of Israel. So, and they've been his favorite people for hundreds of years until Paul comes on the scene. Now, God will deal with them one day in the future, but today, during the dispensation of grace, it's the body of Christ that God is working through today. The second secret was the formation of the body of Christ. That is the equality of Jew and Gentile together. Today, it's not about a nation or nations, but individuals that are in union in one body. When a person puts their faith in the finished work of Christ and they are saved, the Spirit takes them out of Adam and places them into Christ, into a spiritual relationship and union, and Christ is their head. He's their Savior. He's their everything. Thank God for salvation. Amen? It states in Ephesians 2.15, having abolished in the flesh the enmity, enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain, Jew and Gentile, one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both Jew and Gentile unto God, in one body, by the cross, having slain the law, the ordinances, the sacrifices, rituals thereby. Thank God, God has formed this nucleus called the body of Christ. And wherever a person believes, they're in that body now. Another secret nobody knew about was the mystery of godliness. Now that sounds simple, but... It's completely different today. 1 Timothy 3.16 talks about that. In time past, God dealt with mankind through Israel. But today, God works through individual believers as they become more like Christ. Today, God is working. He works in us. He illuminates us, hears us, guides us, strengthens us, changes us, is conforming us. Something completely different. It's from the inside out today, not the outside of the observances and all these things. Galatians 4.19 says this, 
my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. And then in 2 Corinthians 4.10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that, now get this, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Today, the way God is working, he saves individuals and then begins to work inside of them to help them to become more like Christ. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Amen? That's for the believer. Then the fourth secret that Paul brought on the scene that was never known is the mystery in how Satan operates. Satan operated differently quite a bit with Israel. He worked through witchcraft, spiritism, idolatry, idols, demon possession. He even used giants against the people of Israel. He used the other nations as enemies against Israel. Do you know that Israel has been conquered something like 35 times throughout its history? God would send waves of enemies across Israel when Israel would not do right. That ought to be a red flag for us today. <laughs> but Satan today has a policy against the body church. Ephesians 6.11 says this, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Today, it's really mainly the battle against truth and doctrine. Because... He tries to falsify to promote apostasy. The Bible states in 1 Timothy 4.1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to what? Seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That's the battle that's raging today. For the last number of years, Christendom in itself when it looks at the dispensation of grace, when it looks at Pauline truth, sort of turns their back on that. And they say that the body of Christ has replaced the nation of Israel. They, they will say Israel's promises are to us today. And when those promises that were given just to Israel, we're trying to claim it for ourselves today, when they don't, become fulfilled in our life, we get to question and doubt and we get confused. Just because we didn't interpret the scriptures correctly. The devil could care less if we're rich or poor, even if we experience the miraculous. Just so we don't rightly divide the scriptures that reveal the truth. I've said to you, and I'm growing more and more in it myself, is that at the judgment seat of Christ, when we answer to Christ for the life that we live, our sin, not our sin, our sin's been forgiven. But it will be our works, 
whether they will receive a reward or be burned up. And the more you study that out, if we lived according to Pauline truth and rightly dividing, I believe God will reward us greatly. And there are a lot of people doing everything else except Pauline truth that will not be rewarded. So just write that down in the back of your mind. The fifth secret was the mystery of Christ in us. Colossians 1.27, I'm trying to hurry. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In the Old Testament and the Gospels before Paul, the Spirit of God would move up on people, then he would leave them. But Paul reveals today that God has chosen to live in each believer until we reach heaven. What a difference. He doesn't just come upon us and leave. He comes to live. We are the tabernacle. We are the vessels of God himself. We are the temples of God individually. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Can that be any clearer, by the way? For how long? Ephesians 4.30 says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed with that Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. When's our day of redemption? It's when we go up. That's how long he stays with him. So now the believer has the written word and has the living word in them to help them fulfill the purpose that God has for them. Philippians 2.13 is one of my favorite verses. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He's working in you to fulfill his purpose. The sixth secret that Paul revealed is the mystery of taking believers to heaven. Can you comprehend that? It was not until Paul that we know anything about the upgoing, the rapture, the calling out, the translation of the body of Christ from earth to heaven. It states in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a what? A truth that's been hidden, but now I'm revealing it to you. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we that are living shall be changed. Paul said there's coming a time that one day we're going to be caught up we're going to be translated. We're going to be changed. It's going to be wonderful. Nowhere is this mentioned prior to Paul. Why? It was a secret that was hid in God. Up to Paul's time, the focus, the emphasis on Israel's coming kingdom on the earth. That's what they focused on. And they knew it would come at the end when he's coming there, that's called the revelation, actually, when he returns to earth there. First Peter, who's a good Jewish boy of the flock, 1.13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope 
to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you. Now get this. At when? The revelation. What's Peter saying? What's the revelation? The unveiling of the appearing of Jesus Christ to the entire world when he returns at the end of the tribulation. However, we're already in heaven. Woo! Amen? Today, we believers in Christ's body, we will be taken up to heaven to reign and to assist God in judging and ruling the heavenly government. And then the last great secret mystery that Paul revealed nobody knew prior was the cross's full accomplishment. That had never been revealed. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8, but we speak the wisdom of God, which is a mystery, by the way, in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. Nobody ever knew about this. Which God ordained before the world unto this time, our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Let me just say something to you. Satan is the God of this world. He's the prince of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. The cross's accomplishment, all those accomplishments because of the cross were hidden from everybody. And that was to make sure it remained hid. <laughs> Amen. If he shared with somebody, they're going to talk. So he kept it a secret from Satan and his princes. And the reason he kept it secret was because the cross, it spelled out the demise, the defeat of Satan himself. His destruction, his end, his doom. The cross's accomplishment. That's why hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And God kept it a secret that the cross would make sure that would happen. God had said in Genesis, by the way, 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. And it's talking about Christ and his coming to defeat the seed of Satan. No doubt Satan continued to look at Scripture as God's plan was unfolding to see how he could counteract Christ coming to defeat him. He was trying to think of ways he could do that. Can you just imagine him searching, searching, and searching to see what was coming up? <laughs> if there was any inkling that Christ's cross would spell Satan's defeat, he would have done whatever he had to do to try to stop the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. But the full meaning of the cross's work was God's secret, God's hidden mystery. That's why Satan and his forces, they went ahead and helped and inspired people to crucify Jesus Christ. Satan, what he did, he took the cross as a means of his winning. 
as a means of him defeating the Christ who was supposed to defeat him. And the reason he thought that, <coughs> excuse me, was the fact that God had kept it a secret. As a matter of fact, even when they, you, they chronicled Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, early book of Acts, they had no comprehension of the accomplishments of the cross of Jesus Christ. And that explains Luke 18, verse 31. Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted upon or spitted on and they shall scourge him and put him to death and the third day he shall rise again. Now that's Christ. And they, the twelve, understood none of these things. Why? And this saying was hid from them. You see that? The reason they couldn't comprehend the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ was because it was hid. It placed a, a scale across their, their minds. John chapter 20, after the resurrection. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed. Now get this next verse. This is after the resurrection. And as yet, they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Hello. How in the world could that be? Because God had kept secret a hidden truth of the accomplishments of the cross through the death burial, and he didn't want anybody to spoil it by letting it out of the bag. Amen? That's... Electrical juice I'm receiving. <laughs> I have my belt so tight right now, I'm wondering why I'm not a soprano. <laughs> so, I'm closing. What is the message of the cross that had been kept secret until Paul? What was the secret? Now, this means... They never could have preached it previously. Hello? You don't find the gospel of grace in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or the Old Testament, or early Acts. You don't find it until Paul. That just throws people off. Oh, my church, my denomination, my tradition, what I've always thought. Forget all of that. What does the Bible say? Amen? Here's the secret. That any individual, by believing Christ, died for your sins. He paid the price for your sins by going to the cross in your place. He was buried, taking all our sins far away so as never to return. And he rose from the grave that showed that God accepted his sacrifice, to show that it appeased the justice of his Father and in order to justify us, to make us have a right standing 
with God to be reconciled to him. Faith in that death, burial, and resurrection accomplishments, faith in that and the person who did it saves you. It means no more circumcision to be saved, no more law, no more commandments, rituals, sacrifices, works, water baptism. Just believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for your sins. He was buried and he rose from the grave. He's alive. That alone is enough to save you. Just believe that. Nothing else. Believe that that. Amen? Romans 4, 5 says this, but to him that worketh not but believeth, hello, on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. States in, in, uh, then in verse 25, who was delivered for our offenses, the cross, and was raised again for our justification. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified, how? By faith, believe, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's message, the dispensation of grace, means everything necessary to be done to forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life has been done, has been accomplished. You just need to believe in him and his work. Grace, not of works. Paul's message is distinct, it's unique, and it was given to him first. His gospel is so different from anything previously preached until that moment. That's why he says in Romans 2.16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to the gospel I personally received from Jesus Christ of the accomplishments of his finished work, my gospel, nobody else taught me this. Nobody else had this. How could they teach me? My gospel, the gospel God gave to me. Amen. 1 Timothy 1.15 this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am. That means first in order. Chief, Howbeit, for this cause I obtain mercy that in me, what? First, Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a what? Pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. I'm the first one on the road to Damascus. I'm the pattern of grace. It's all of grace because of what Christ accomplished. Believe that. And God says he'll save you. Amen? At the end of Paul's life, getting close, he's in prison in Ephesians. He gets out for a little time, goes back, but Ephesians chapter 6, here's how important it was to Paul, our apostle, by the way, not the 12, Paul. If that rubs you wrong, I'm sorry. Rub it. Amen. This is truth. 
Ephesians 6, 19, and for me, pray for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly, boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So pray for me that I can share this new gospel truth with people. Then notice what he says, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. He's in prison. That therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You know, Paul sacrificed so much. The beatings, the trials, everything, imprisonments, everything Paul went through, he went through for that gospel. And for us to shy away from it. For us not to embrace it and be proud of what God teaches through his word concerning this. It's my heart's prayer that our church would get a hold of rightly dividing the scriptures correctly and literally. God help us to be that kind of church. And if you're here today and you've never been saved, on Friday, Donna had started vacation Bible school. She brought up four kids who had believed in Christ. What a thrill. He's still saving, and he can save us, but we have to become as a little child. Just trust what his word says. Believe in the gospel. Amen? And if you will believe that, you'll be saved, meaning all your sins are forgiven, past, present, future. Meaning you now have everlasting life. You'll go to heaven one day. Meaning God takes up residence within you and wants to work in you. And he's given the word to work together to make you something you were never, ever before. Isn't it wonderful to be saved? Are you happy, glad you're saved today? Father, we love you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the gospel of grace. May we never just take it lightly. May we cut the scriptures straight so we can understand exactly why you called the Apostle Paul. I just pray for the people that you just give them a wonderful day. We love them, and uh, thank you for the privilege we have to be able to serve them. In Jesus' name. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.